2: That's one. Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570 KDIZ Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media
3: Group.
4: (laughs) With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. American troops in northern Syria, about 1,000 in all, being ordered by President Trump to complete a total withdrawal from the region. That, according to Defense Secretary Mark Esper. it be a deliberate withdrawal, and we want to conduct it as uh, as safely and quickly as possible. Esper on CBS's Face the Nation. With the U.S. out of the picture, Kurdish forces have now struck a deal for help with Syria. The uh, Syrian troops now moving into northern Syria, and those Syrian forces backed by Russia. Who's up next to testify in the impeachment inquiry? The U.S. ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sunderland. He's among administration officials being subpoenaed to appear on Capitol Hill this week against the wishes of the White House. On Wall Street this hour, stocks are lower, the Dow down about 22 points, while the S&P is off 5 points. This is SRN News.
2: Roughly one in eight women in the U.S. develops breast cancer, so through August, we're spotlighting a few resources. Self-exams are important and should be done monthly after age 18. Annual mammograms, especially after age 40, can be helpful in identifying lumps and tumors. For a complete list of breast health standards and resources, check out sites like nationalbreastcancer.org or cancer.org. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570.
5: Check out TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. You can listen live there, get links For all of our programs and podcasts, plus healthy living tips and more. Also, you can listen just about anywhere, anytime if you download Wellness 1570 mobile app. You can find us on TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com and your Amazon smart speaker. For today, we're looking at cloudy skies and a high right around 46. Might see a little sprinkle or flurry tomorrow. going to have a baby she is will it be a boy or will it be a girl we don't know yet but we heard the heartbeat and my dad said this is going to be someone very special
3: Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Pro-Life
6: Across America, the Billboard people. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
7: Students come to Online Trading Academy for many reasons. Some love their jobs but don't make enough money to live the life they dream about. Some aren't happy with their job and hope for something better. And others invest and trade but just need a better path to improve their returns. We even have students who have never invested or traded before. And they might not even know a stock from a rock, but dream of having extra income. There are better income opportunities than trading your time for money. It's time to learn those skills. Join us at Online Trading Academy so we can show you the path to your financial freedom. Attend a free investing class near you. Call now, 952-814-4410 or... Again, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Again, learnwithota.com. Online
5: Training Academy. Radio! The
1: following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
5: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired?
8: I am happy to be back in the studio. I have been out of the studio for about two weeks. Boy, there's a lot going on. And so today I just want to talk about, uh, man, what's been going on? Today's show we're going to call Truth. What is it to you? Because I'll tell you, man, I have been been in training. I did a training uh, two weeks ago in Minneapolis. And then I stayed in Minneapolis. And I did some great, great work. I uh, worked with a group of people that... uh, work to help understand Muslims so we can understand people uh, and then help uh, those Muslims understand uh, Jesus through uh, the study of the holy books uh, they, they consider their the Qur'an the last book written consider a holy book and of course uh, if you understand the Qur'an, if you read the Qur'an like I do uh, you understand that it tells the people of the Qur'an uh, when they're confused to look to the people of the previous books there's an Injil which is the New Testament technically the four Gospels plus the book of Acts there's the Torah, which is the um, um, the Old Testament, and there's uh, what's I forgot what's called the, the Psalms, um, but uh, uh, it, it's interesting because uh, ninety four different times uh, Isa al Masir, Jesus the Messiah, is mentioned in the Quran. Uh, the Quran uh, tells people that uh, Jesus Isa Isa uh, was uh, a, a word from God, uh, Allah. Was uh, Isa was uh, stationed near to Allah? Uh, uh, that Isa was the, uh, uh, um, the spirit of Allah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, many uh, people understand the original language Arabic and say, uh, basically, says he is the face uh, of Allah. Uh, the the virgin birth, Miriam. Uh, that's what they call Miriam. Miriam as in the Bible. Uh, it's just interesting. It's just a couple of differences. You know, they don't believe that Jesus died or I should say he died on the cross. Uh, They don't believe that, well, they believe that we believe that uh, uh, we believe in three gods. I mean, there's just serious misunderstanding. If you were to ask a Muslim uh, if they want to become a, quote, Christian, uh, they would laugh at you. Why would they want to disown their family? Why would they want to eat cockroaches? Why would they want to run around a pornography? Why would they want to run around and worship three different gods? I mean, just fascinating. And again, today's show is not about the Quran or not about Muslims or, or, or Christians or whatever. Uh, it really is about truth because no one responds to reality. Uh, what we respond to is our map of reality. See, everybody thinks they're out there uh, telling the truth, doing the truth, that they know the truth. Uh, and one thing I learned a long, long time ago, uh, that uh, no man owns the truth. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you're a child of God like I am, you study that scripture, the the Bible, uh, I eat it daily. But uh, my, my theology is a little off, you know, because uh, how do you take Pacific Ocean and put it into a Dasani water bottle, right? How do you do that? Uh, and that's why some of my favorite uh, stories, some of my favorite quotes, some of my favorite things uh, are to do with people who are functioning under what they consider the truth, uh, and then all of a sudden the truth gets, uh, hits them right in the face. You know, uh, it's incredible. It's the uh, the sixth sense. You know, Bruce Willis. Uh, people love that movie. They're going along. They think the movie's one thing. Oh wow, so cool, so cool. At the very end, like whoa! And then they replay it back. The guy's dead. So he's the he's actually one of the dead people. the Little kid sees. It's stunning. It's stunning. Uh, and, and you got to know that uh, a lot of people believe in that they're doing the truth out there. A lot of people believe in that they're thinking about the truth out there. A lot of people think that they're the ones that know the truth out there. But sometimes uh, we get hit with a little bit different version of what we call uh, that truth. And uh, it reminds me of a story I once heard. I heard this years ago on, uh, uh, what was it, David Letterman. David Letterman's a uh, cool story. Uh, and I'm just going to read it as it was when I got uh, it years ago. It said on a recent weekend in Atlantic City, a woman won a bucket full of quarters at a slot machine. She was getting tired and hungry, so she took a break from the slots for dinner with her husband in the hotel dining room. Instead of taking this bucket of quarters to the buffet, carrying them around with her, she decided she'd go up to a room to, to store the quarters. So she told her husband, I'll be right back and then we'll go to eat. So she went over to the elevator, pushed the button to get to her room, and she was about to walk into the elevator and she noticed two men already aboard. Both were black one of them was big, very big, an intimidating figure, so fear kicked in. She had a lot of money on her, and she was alone. Her thoughts began to get dark, and, and the woman froze. Her first thought was, oh, my gosh, uh, these, these two guys are going to rob me. So she started feeling bad and scared and confused, and, and then her next thought was, oh, my, don't be a bigot. They look like perfectly nice gentlemen, but her rational self-talk gave way to a fear that started to mobilize her. None of we, None of us have ever experienced that, I'm sure. So she stood and stared at the two men. She felt anxious, of course, flustered, shamed. A whole bevy of other unnamed feelings came over. Guilt, shame, fear, doubt, all that stuff. And so she was glad that they couldn't read her mind because, oh no, she'd really be in trouble. But surely they knew her hesitation and comfortableness about joining them in the elevator alone. Her fear had to be obvious. So her thoughts were overwhelming her and her face was becoming flush. She she just couldn't stand there, so with a mighty effort of her will she picked up one foot, stepped forward, put the back foot, stepped forward, and all of a sudden one foot in front of the other, and she was soon on the elevator. She was practically shaking in her boots. I mean, she was worried that, uh, I mean, she was going to wet herself. She was that nervous. So the door shut behind her and now it was the three of them alone in that small space inside that elevator. You know, the one where no one wants to look at each other. Everybody's looking at the ground and it's, it's so quiet. So avoiding eye contact, she turned around stiffly and faced the elevator doors. A second pass and then another second pass and then another. Her fear increased and her breathing got more rapid and her heart beating through her chest. She could feel their eyes piercing her back as they stared at her. And then she could tell they were looking back and forth at each other. The elevator didn't move. Panic consumed her. My God, she thought I'm trapped and about to be robbed. Her heart plummeted. Perspiration poured from every pore. Then one of the men said, hit the floor instinct told her to do what they tell her the bucket of quarters flew upwards as she threw out her arms and collapsed on the elevator carpet a shower of coins rained down on her take my money spare me she prayed more seconds passed and she heard one of the men say politely ma'am if you tell us what floor you're going to well we'll push the button as he spoke he was having a little trouble getting the words out he was working mightily to hold in a belly laugh as he was wanting to help this woman she lifted her head and looked up at the two men. They reached down to help her up, confused. She struggled to her feet. When I told my uh, my man here to hit the floor, said one of the men, I meant that he should hit the elevator button for our floor. I didn't mean for you to hit the floor, ma'am. He spoke genially. He bit his lip. It was obvious he was having a hard time not laughing. She thought, oh my gosh, what a spectacle I made of myself. She was overcome with emotion, and she was too humiliated to speak. She wanted to blurt out an apology, but words failed her. How do you apologize to two perfectly respectable gentlemen for behaving as though they were going to rob you? So she scurried to her room and hid for a while. She finally went downstairs to join her husband at the restaurant and told him about her elevator experience. When they got back to the room, inside the room were some flowers with a card. When she opened the card, a $100 bill fell out, and the card said, Thanks. For the best laugh I've had in years. And it was signed by Eddie Murphy and Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, I know we live in such a, a a racist world now that everybody's wrapped up in race. You know, there's so many black people that, that just despise white people. You just look at the news, you'll see it. Uh, white men are to blame for everything. And white people have been, uh, you know, ultimate privilege. Well, I'll tell you the ultimate privilege. The ultimate privilege is to be able to be proud about how God made you. The ultimate privilege is to not be ashamed of your skin color. You know, we can have uh, gay pride, we can have black pride, we can have Hispanic pride, we can have every kind of pride, but you would never think of anybody ever having some white pride. We call those uh, white nationalists. We call those racists. So, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't about race. This is about truth. And, you know, no one responds to reality. What we respond to is our map of reality. And Dr. Adler, a famous psychologist, told us that by the time a child is six years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. And today we're posing the question, what do you consider true? And if you consider something true, that's how you act. So Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about truth and what is it to you. We'll be back in three minutes.
9: What can can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening.
3: And on a personal point of view, so many things have happened since I got home. It's almost a miracle. It's not
9: almost. It is a miracle. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours, and it'll change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening classes in Minneapolis, November 21st through the 23rd. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life.
1: reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included
9: change the course of your life go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next leadership awakening class in raleigh north carolina november 7th to the 9th that's likeitmatters.net
7: leadership awakening we don't take applicants only commitment
8: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And man, so excited to be with you, so excited to be with you. You know, I've been on the road, and I'm going to be on the road a lot this summer. My summer's really, really packed, and so... uh uh, I figure out how to do my radio show on the road because I like to do live shows. I like to do new, fresh stuff. Although I've got four years of programming, so over the next couple of weeks, you'll uh, we'll be bringing up some stuff from the past, some good old stuff. Uh, you know, I've been doing this radio show for four years now, uh, and it comes from my leadership training I've been doing for twenty-seven years. Uh, if you're interested in my uh, street cred, if you're interested in knowing how I can help you change your life in forty-eight hours, because that's all it takes is forty-eight hours. Just go to likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. And today we're talking about truth. What is it to you? Uh, Because, you know, I've uh, been on the road and I did a class uh, with Team 202, had a great class, nine men in Minneapolis, and then I stayed around uh, for what's called uh, common ground training. And, uh, you know, the thing I love about common ground training uh, is – you know, the fastest-growing religion, uh, the largest religion, I'm pretty sure, is Islam. Uh, it is. Uh, and uh, personally, I, I I don't believe that the Quran is the inspired word of God, although I do believe that uh, about 70% of the Koran uh, is from the Bible. I do believe that uh, the word Muslim means uh, set apart, devout, committed, uh, um, you know, that uh, there are many, many good people in the faith of Islam who who just want to uh, serve God, who want to do the right thing, just like there's many in the Catholic faith, even though I'm not Catholic I'm not a big fan of the Catholic faith. Uh, I know there's a lot of Mormons. Again, I think uh, uh, based on uh, what they believe, it's a false religion. Just being honest with you guys, but man, they got family down, and I think they got church closer to the original church in Acts. That's some of my good friends, good customers, are uh, followers of uh, the Mormon faith. Uh, and they will be—I always tell people there'll be lots of uh, Mormons in heaven. I don't care what you believe about them. There'll be Jehovah's Witnesses most likely in heaven. There'll be Catholics in heaven. Uh, there'll be Muslims in heaven uh, because there's a lot of bad people in heaven. It, heaven's not for good people. Uh, heaven's for forgiven people. Uh, heaven's for redeemed people. Uh, no one's good. No, not one. Jesus himself said that we all fall short of the glory of God and that God requires perfection. He says, if you've broken one of my commandments, you've broken them all. Uh, and uh, to God, I hate to tell some of you this, that no sin is worse than any other sin on this planet. Now, the consequences are vastly different. You know, I could lie to you or have hate in my heart for you, uh, and that's a sin to God, and I could kill someone, and that's a sin to God. So to God, they're no different. They're, they require perfection. Now, on this planet, oh my gosh, the consequences are vastly different, right? God doesn't remove us from the consequences. He'll walk through us, through those consequences with us, but He does not remove them. And so, you know, I'm always taking a look at what people consider the truth and always working uh, to shatter it. And what really brought this about was the week I had spent uh, studying uh, Common Ground. You know, the whole concept of Common Ground uh, is to help uh, Christians, those who are fo- supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ, understand uh, Muslims. That's the first uh, uh, premise of a bridge, uh, and the second part of it, and then to help uh, Muslims understand Jesus, but this last week I, I really told them they should change it to helping Christians understand uh, Muslims, and then having Muslims and Christians understanding Isa al Masir, you know Jesus the Messiah. Uh, many great people I've met, many great followers of Jesus Christ who are Muslim. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, there are ninety-four different ayats uh, in the uh, um, uh, the Quran. Uh, you know, the virgin birth is in there, Miriam's in there, uh, Yahya, John the Baptist, uh, New, Noah, um, and I believe that 70% of the uh, Quran is from the Bible, and the, and the Quran is interesting because it tells people, uh, Muslims, uh, Muslims uh, that if, if they are confused of the signs, because this is all about the straight path. There's all about taking the signs of the prophets. Now, I think they have like 124,000 prophets, but they have a lot of the same ones we do because 70% of the Quran is from the Bible. Uh, Noah, I- Ibrahim, uh, Dawid, David, uh, Miriam, Mar- of course, is in there, John the Baptist, Noah, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jonah, I should say, Eunice, Jonah. Uh, and boy, just the whole thought about uh, Ishmael. You know, we consider Ishmael um, cursed, but No. Um, Ishmael wasn't cursed uh, Matter of fact, there was lots of promises uh, made to, Is- uh, to to Ishmael uh, I think Genesis 16 The Lord, uh, you know, lots of promises So he was said to make a a, a, a leader of 12 tribes Just like uh, his brother, right? And then you look at to Hagar And Hagar, I mean the angel of the Lord found Hagar uh, Where have you come from and where are you going? And she basically said she was running away from Sarah because Sarah was mean, brutal to her. In Genesis 16, it says that. But if you think about it, uh, with Hagar, you got the first uh, ever recorded words by God to a woman by name. He called her name. You think about many times the angel the Lord or God himself called out to other people. They'd say son of God like uh, Ezekiel and uh, man or some son sort of man. Uh, you know, or that's what it was, son sort of man with Ezekiel. But and think of this also. With Hagar, first theophany. Twenty plus uh, believe that the angel Lord was a pre-incarnate Christ a Christophany. So it was the first time that God predicted a child uh, with Ishmael. It was the first time that God names an unborn babe. Only six, Ishmael. God hears. Very similar to Emmanuel, God with us, right? And I think it's Genesis sixteen where it says, in awe Hagar named the Lord, You are the God who sees me, El Roye. Elroi, whatever it's called, Elroi. Hagar bore a son, and Abraham named him Ishmael, just like God said. And by the way, Hagar was the first person to name God Elroi. Wow, Isn't that amazing. He he found them water. I, it's just stunning because we want to say Ishmael is bad and and Isaac is good. Well, they're both sons of Abraham. They were both promised to be leaders of a great nation. You know, we can go through that you know, he was considered a donkey. But if you look at the different verses of the Bible, when it says that, it was talking about freedom, because Ishmael uh, and his wife basically were, were were slaves. Hagar was a slave, and we believe that probably in Egypt when Abraham was there and, and lied to the Egyptian Pharaoh about Sarah being his daughter, uh, his sister, not his wife. I believe that the scholars believe that he was given stuff by by the Pharaoh, and one of them was Hagar. Technically, some believe she was a princess. So anyways, my whole point, I don't want to get into a whole Bible dissertation about how bad we got it, but that's what it made me realize, that we've, we've got things wrong. We've got things wrong. We, we think we know God. I mean, how do we put the, uh, the knowledge of God, the, how do you put the Pacific Ocean in a Dasani water bottle? And so I really believe that we, we have it wrong. And today, that's what we're talking about, because no one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. The whole concept of transactional analysis, you know, I talk about transactional analysis a lot because Dr. Eric Byrne, in the late 60s, took the complex field of psychology and put it in layman's term, and that's where we got transactional analysis. It's not just stimulus and response, you know. Uh, it's uh, ego states, you know, the, the adult, the child, uh, the parent. It's all about how we, we access. We all have these three, uh, and they're real. Uh, we have a mindset of a child at times. We have a mindset of a parent, which is a, a lot of rules don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And we also have the mindset of an adult, which is just simple, basic truth. The facts, you know, like a, um, you know, dragnet, just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. And, and what we do is Dr. Adler says that by the time a child is six years old, our map of reality is in place, a majority of it. And what I mean by map of reality, uh, it's our basic belief systems. And one thing that's so powerful about what we do in our training is that we go into those core belief systems. When was the last time you took a training that actually had you unpack what you believe? And why does it matter? Because everything we do or do not do is driven by belief. We don't respond to what people are doing. We respond to what we believe they are doing based on our past. And that's the part of transactional analysis I always, I always hit. And by the way, the two books, the basis for the whole transactional analysis movement are uh, The Games People Play by Dr. Eric Byrne. And that was like the 67, 68, somewhere around there. And then I cannot remember the, the author for the life of me. Uh, but he wrote a book called I'm Okay, You're Okay, which I think sold like 25 million copies. I think uh, uh, The Games People played sold like five, six, maybe 10 million. But the other one, I'm Okay, You're Okay. Wow, I think 25 million, something like that. And those are the prerequisites. And, and the one thing I hit all the time in my training, just to let people know, is that there's a stimulus and response, and that's what Bern uh, considered a transaction. You know, the old dial ups, when you dialed up on the computer, go D, and then all of a sudden it go D. And when it hit that high pitch, deet, we knew that there was a connection, a transaction. And that's what transactional analysis is. Someone says something or does something, it's a transaction stimulus. And then we respond, and that's a transaction response. And together, that is a full transaction. That is what we call communication. But here's the problem. The mind is six times faster than we talk. And so when someone says something or does something, we don't respond to that. What we do is we go to our three channels. We go to what we know. You can tell a man's religion in time of despair. Why? Because we go with what we know. So someone says something or does something and we don't respond to that. We go to our three channels. We go we we are we hear something from our past. Or we, we see something from our past or we feel something connected to our past. And then based on that, then we respond. So we're not really responding to what someone is doing. Technically, we're responding to our belief our belief about what they are doing. That's what we're technically responding to. And so today that's what we're talking about, the truth. Because, you know, you you don't really know uh, a lie unless you know the truth. And I hate to say but it's true. Uh, People respond to their own truth. You know, I mean, look at the political world. People respond to their own truth. The, The facts don't matter doesn't matter the, uh, any about this stuff. What matters is what you want to believe. Why do you think most people who don't believe in God don't believe in God? That's nothing to do with the truth. That's has to do with the act of volition or will. People don't want to be wrong. People don't want to be told what to do. People don't want to feel guilty of being a quote sinner. So anyways, today we're talking about truth. What is it to you? Because the truth will set you free. We'll be back in three minutes.
1: And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice.
9: 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it'll change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening classes in Minneapolis, November 21st through the 23rd. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening. That's 800-918-7169
7: Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees.
1: Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that Is is off the charts different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included.
9: Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next leadership awakening class in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 7th to the 9th. That's likeitmatters.net.
7: Leadership awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment.
8: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio Radio. Like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host. I'm your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And uh, I just got back in town on uh, Saturday night. I was in uh, Minneapolis from uh, Tuesday uh, to uh, Saturday uh, early morning. I left at 5 o'clock in the morning, drove back for 16 hours, uh, got back on Saturday night, Uh, like at uh, 9 o'clock at night, and uh, I'm heading out about 2 today, noon, somewhere around there, and uh, driving to uh, Sacramento. Uh, We have a great class in Sacramento, Team 203, that starts Thursday. Uh, I think it's June 27th. Uh, And then uh, we'll spend some time with family up there, my mother-in-law's up there, uh, bring our two youngest kids, Major and Benaya, with us, and uh, uh, I'll get back about uh, July 3rd, and then uh, about July uh, 8th, I'll hit the road again to go to North Carolina. If you want any questions about anything we do, go to likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. Man, if you've never been into one of my leadership training classes, get in there, man. 48 hours. Just give me 48 hours, and I'll help you understand your truth. Give me 48 hours. I'll help you unpack the entire set of belief systems that you've put together. It's called your map of reality, and take a look at them. Man, we get so busy in life. Man, we get so wrapped up in so many things that we get stuck in the past. You know, your unconscious mind runs the ship. You know, we only use 3 to 5% of our brain Uh and uh, everything, uh, consciously, I should say. Sorry consciously. Well, three to five percent of our brain consciously. Or most of you, I should say, most of you are still using your brain, uh, but it's at the unconscious level. Uh, most of us have driven home before without realizing how we drove home, uh, and it's because there are four levels of learning. Uh, it, there's unconscious incompetence, where you don't know what you don't know, and then there's conscious incompetence, now you know you don't know, and then there's conscious competence, so now you work to know and you know what you know. Uh, and then once you know something for a long period of time, uh, it becomes subconscious. It's called uh, unconscious competence where you don't know what you know. Uh, and we're, we're made this way. We're made to function on autopilot so we can focus on all those other important decisions. You have things in your brain that are made that way. You were made this way. You know, that's why I teach you how you're made. I teach you more about the physiological process of the mind, brain, how that all works, biological, than most people ever ever learn in college. You got to realize how you are made. And once you realize how you are made, then you can change it. Or you can function at a higher level. So even though it works at the unconscious level, it works better if you get consciously involved, like with breathing. Right now, you're all breathing. You weren't thinking about it, but you were breathing, but yet you can hold your breath. So I told you to hold your breath. You could hold it. And if I told you to breathe faster, you could breathe faster. If I told you to take nice, slow, deep breaths, let's go in through the nose. I am, and slowly exhale through the mouth. Relax. Again, slowly breathe into the nose. I am. And slowly exhale through the mouth. Relax. Now go ahead and don't think about it. <clears throat> Isn't that cool? And you keep breathing on your own. That's how we work. There's something in your unconscious brain, or I should say it's in your brain, but use at the unconscious level called the basal ganglia. A great book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, highly recommend it. It goes through the power of the subconscious mind. And the basal ganglion's total job, function, its sole purpose, is to get you in the form of a habit as quick as possible. you got something called the reticular activating system, RAS, reticular activating system. It is the brain's focal center. And again, it works at the unconscious level, but whatever you focus it on, it sees more of. Uh, I tell the story all the time when my wife Valerie was pregnant. You know, we weren't planning on having children. I'd already have uh, three children previous to marriage. Uh, and uh, Val and I really weren't planning on having kids. Uh, and so Val got pregnant and it was amazing. Uh, for the first couple months, uh, she was amazed at how many other women were pregnant at the same time she was pregnant. And uh, you should chuckle about that. Because uh, I can't prove it, but I do not believe that there was any greater number of people pregnant at the same time that my wife was pregnant with Benaiah than at any other time. Maybe at the end of World War II, right? All those men came home, uh, you know know what I'm saying? So probably at that time, uh, there was a problem. Most likely, I think there's uh, statistical data to prove that, right? But outside of that, you know, you know why Val was so much more aware of all these pregnant people, all these little newborn babies? Because her reticular activating system was focused on it. Was focused on it. And we see what we focus our reticular activating system. It's like your, your brain's remote control. You know, if you put your TV, your tuner, it's called a tuner because there's airwaves all around us. And you pick up whatever waves you program it to pick up. That is no different than how we work. There are lots of channels out there. A big channel right now is the racism channel. Everybody wants to see everything through the lens of race. And yet it is the antithesis, the total opposite of what Dr. Martin Luther King's dream was. He said his dream was to one day live in a country, a nation, where his four little children will not, N-O-T, will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And some people don't think it's fair to be judged by the content of your character. Because we have an excuse for every poor thing we've done. It's not our fault. It's everybody else's fault. Uh, The reason I did what I am is because I'm a person of color, so life hasn't been fair to me. I'm going to tell you right now, with your reticular activating system, stay off the life ain't no fair channel. And stay off uh, the life is hard channel. Both are true. Read that good book. I read the Bible. Read it. It'll tell you two things. Life ain't no fair, and life is hard. We're told that there are two paths out there, and one of them's hard, one of them's easy. And God even says, look for the hard path. Look for the narrow path. That is what uh, true Islam's all about, is finding that, that, that straight path, that narrow path to be holy, to be set apart. That's what the great faith, truly, if you look at the intent of the three great faiths, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, and really, there's only two because Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism. It's the it's the end result. Is what it was all about. The Old Testament points to a Savior. The Ten Commandments were given to us to show us that we can't keep them. That we needed a Redeemer. That we needed a Savior because God requires perfection. That's why one of the names of God is Jehovah's Sid Canoe. I don't know if it's T S I Sid Canoe or t Canoe but the lord is our righteousness you you your your righteousness cannot be it's only when we put on christ when we are clothed in christ so that when god looks at us he sees the righteousness of christ uh and by the way that word righteousness has nothing to do with how good you are it has to do with your standing before god that's what the word means you got to know words and so we're talking about what is truth because again i spent a week in uh minneapolis studying the Quran and so for the sole purpose of bridging some gaps to talk to Muslims uh, about Isa. Isa's all throughout the Quran. And he has a high place. And I would suggest he has a higher place in the Quran than Muhammad. I'm not being mean. I study I've been studying the Quran. Issa al Masir with Jesus the Messiah and they don't really know what a Messiah is. They don't understand the concept. But they have not just the Quran, they have the angel, they have the Tara Uh, I forgot what the Psalms are called, but they have that as well. But the problem is most people, uh, the traditions of men, and this is what happens in life, the traditions of men. The traditions of men get in the way, and those that look at the Hadith all the time are in trouble. You know, uh, if you read the Quran through the the lens of Hadith tradition, uh, then they're never going to find a saving relationship with intimacy uh, with uh, Isa al-Masir. You know, I read the book uh, from Jihad to Jesus. You know, there's a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness. It's fear-based, shame-based, and so. But once they look at the Quran through the eyes of the angel, the New Testament, they're going to find Isa al masir It's right there, because their Quran says that uh, Isa uh, is uh, a station near to Allah. Uh the Quran says that uh Jesus is the uh, a word from Allah. Just like John one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's they say the same thing. Uh he was the breath of God. Jesus called the breath of Allah. Uh it's it's fascinating. The virgin births in there. Uh most of our prophets from Noah and David and uh, uh um, um not Samson, I was thinking of uh, um the guy in the fish. Uh you know, <laughs> can't think. Sorry about that. But in, and I always go to the real world. Uh, Ferdinand Magellan. Ferdinand Magellan was told we consider him the first person to circumnavigate the globe, but he really didn't. He died on the journey. Yet he gets credit for it. There was three or four boats, and one of the slaves, one of the servants, whatever, on one one of those boats kept going. Ferdinand Magellan died in the trip, just like Charles Cook, you know, died in the Hawaiian Islands. He never made it. It was someone else, one of his servants, one of the slaves, one of the parties uh, on one of the boats. He kept going, 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 going. And then he realized, wow, he wound up in the same place that he started. So the world's not flat. It must be round. Look up the book called Biology of Belief. Uh, I think it's uh, Bruce Lipton is his name. Tenured professor at University of Wisconsin Medical Center. In the book Biology of Belief, he said, we got it all wrong. We've always believed that the cell was driven by the nucleus. But he said we're totally wrong. It's actually driven by the cell membrane. So in that book, one of his famous quotes is this. So technically, we are a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by their environment. That's powerful. It's called epigenetics. If you look at it, it was the first time I ever heard the term epigenetics. And now Caroline Leith and so many others have done a lot of work with epigenetics. Her new book out, The Perfect You, great book. I think her first two were, Who Shut Off My Brain and Turn On Your Brain? But she talks about how we make ourselves sick, that 87% of diseases are psychosomatic. They believe with the thought process. They believe with the bitterness, the resentment, I, you make me sick, the, the angst, the TMJ, the migraine headaches, the irritable bowel syndrome. We make ourselves sick. The body releases 63 known chemicals and the release based on th- three things what we're thinking about our physiology, specifically our eye placement in relation to our physiology and our breathing so, a lot of stuff to throw at you I got an hour in the studio I wanted to just do uh, the cord dump so today I'm talking about the truth what is it to you on Like It Matters Radio I'm Mr. Black, you are under construction I'll be
10: right back Give a person a fish and you feed them for a meal. Teach them to fish and you change their destiny. At Like It Matters Radio, we teach you how you were made, how you create experience, and how you can change your world by changing your thinking. Opioid addiction, mental health crisis, PTSD, the soaring suicide rate, political hate and animosity. There is a crisis of toxic proportions and it is destroying us. This pandemic is destroying the foundation of our hope. Hope is fading. At Like It Matters Radio, we help people change their life by changing their thinking and doing based on how we are made. Our mission is to help people maximize their potentials and to live their life like it matters. Our goal is to change this world through our national radio show, bringing hope to listeners everywhere in every heart, body, and soul. We need your help, sponsors, donors, and helpers to do the work that needs to be done to change our world. If you are willing, please email us at mrblack at com. In the subject line, put posse. Again, that's Black at com. In the subject line, put posse. Join our posse today and leave a legacy for others to follow. Email us at Mr. Black at Like It In the subject line, put posse.
8: Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power.
2: At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule.
5: America,
8: the Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, radio like it matters, inspiration, education and application. I am your blessed radio host. Your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And so, uh, I am going to be on the road a lot this summer. I uh, just got back from an 11 day trip in Minneapolis and I'm recording this show, and then, uh, we'll have some, uh, some of the best of playing for the next week. I've, uh, my goal is to start doing my radio show on the road. So I brought a new computer and a new software program, everything. So uh, cause I like to connect. I like to connect. I like to be available. I like to continue to keep your noodle growing, your noggin growing. And by the way, if you somehow just stumbled onto this radio show... Uh, you are a blast. But I want you to know you're not lucky because we're on the radio every single day. If uh, we are in two terrestrial markets, in other words, uh, two markets in the country that you can turn to your radio dial, and there we are. Of course, we're on AM 1570 in the beautiful Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, we can listen to us uh, 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh replayed the same show, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're also in the beautiful city of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we're on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience, every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio if you go to iHeartRadio. Of course, we're on TuneIn Radio, all those other podcast formats. Just look up Like It Matters Radio. But on Tune, I mean on uh, iHeartRadio, it's unique because of our association with our station there in Minneapolis. And by the way, you can live stream with them on TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. That's TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com, but because of our affiliation, we're on iHeartRadio as well, twice a day. So if you go to iHeartRadio, if you search for Wellness Radio Minneapolis, uh, Wellness Radio one five seven zero, either one, uh, it'll pull us up. And twice a day, Monday through Friday, nine to ten a.m. Central Standard Time, replayed five to six p.m. Central Standard Time. Go to iTunes. You can subscribe to Like It Matters Radio. And if you do Facebook, please like us on Facebook. Today, we're talking about truth. What is it to you? And the problem is uh, people want to believe their own truth. Uh, You know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a giver. I help people. God told me a long time ago, you see a need, you meet a need. You don't let money be a reason why you help people. You don't let anything be a reason why. I don't take my animals to a vet because I don't want to see an animal get a shot. I can't see an animal be put down. I can't see a child who's being abused. Boy, I go to a grocery store or a store and I see um, a child. And I see a situation. I see things that other people don't see. And when I can see that that child's not in a healthy environment, my heart aches. There are times I have tears flowing down my face walking down a grocery store because my mind is so creative because I've done so much. I've walked with 20,000 people in their, in their pain. And so I know what it looks like, I know what it sounds like, I know what it feels like, even though it's not outwardly or consciously being expressed, I still see and feel it. And it breaks my heart. I'm a compassionate man, I'm a caring man. I don't care what your skin color is, I don't care who you share your bed with, Uh, I don't care what bathroom you use, that's between you and God. It's between you and God. Uh, I'm not saying everything's okay, please don't make up stuff I'm not saying, just listen to what I am saying. But I remember years ago uh when I was in some training uh I heard a story and, and Buddha used to tell the story to his people in training he um uh, would talk about this man he said this young this man had a uh, was a single dad and just loved his son. he had a son and his wife had died i guess and right after the birth and uh, uh loved his son a young man is like eight nine years old and Boy, his son was everything to him, but he had to go out of town to make some money, and his son had to stay in town, so he gave him all safety requirements, don't open the door, do this, do that, and he left. While he was uh, on the road, he had heard from some uh, nomads, some people had passed him by, that uh, his village has been raided by marauders and uh, burned to the ground and people kidnapped, killed, it was terrible, so he got back to his village as quick as possible. And as soon as he ran back to his village, he found where his where his uh, home was, uh, and it had been ransacked. It had it's, it was a mess, uh, uh, and 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 he couldn't find his son anywhere. But right outside his home, there was a, a looked to be like a, a body that had burned, been burned to death, and a small set of bones. And he wept, knowing that that was his son. He wept and he cried, and uh, and he wound up taking all the remains and and grinding them down into ashes and putting them in a satchel. And he'd carry that satchel around with him wherever he went. So his son was always with him because he felt guilty. They had to leave his son to go make money, commerce. And so he would carry, he would cry himself to sleep for months and months and months. And after about a year of this, uh, he 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 finally was able to sleep at night without weeping. But he always kept that, that satchel uh, of his son's uh, remains with him uh, in memory of his son. And one night, <clears throat> in the middle of the night, uh, there's a knock on the door, and he woke him up. And there's this voice out there that said, "Papa, Papa, it's me, it's your son." And and the guy immediately starts sobbing and crying, like, "How dare you? How dare you? I just get over the loss of my son, and someone's playing with me. Go away, go away." And this thing went on for about ten minutes, where pounding on the door, "Papa, Papa," and he knew it was someone just wanting to rob him or, or get into his home in the middle of the night. He said, "Go away, away, well, my son's dead. Go away." And after a while, he went away. And then Buddha would tell his followers that was his son. That was his son. He said his son wasn't killed. He was kidnapped by the marauders. And finally, after a year of captivity, he figured a way to escape and ran away and got got out. And then he would say, you know, sometimes in life that we hold on to what we want to believe is the truth, what we believe is the truth. That when the real truth comes knocking the door, we refuse to open up. And let them in. And why this matters? Because no one responds to reality, ladies and gentlemen. What we respond to is our map of reality. We don't believe. To, we don't respond to what's going on. We respond to what we believe is going on. And that can be a huge difference. And so, yeah, you can find your own truth for you. You know, there is truth out there. Now, even Jesus, right, was asked that, right? You know, remember, I think it's John eighteen. Uh, where you know Pilate entered his headquarters and, and called Jesus, said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or do others say it about me? And Pilate answered, I, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you're a king? And Jesus answered again, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I've come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And then it's verse 38. And this is the famous saying. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And ladies and gentlemen, however you answer that question dictates so much about your life not just spiritually, not just in the world to come, like kingdom come, but on this earth. If you believe someone is a good person, you're going to treat them that way. If you believe someone's a bad person, you're going to treat them that way. If you believe the white man is out to get you, you're going to act accordingly. If you think all black people are crooks, you're going to act accordingly. Jesus said the truth will set you free. But I think it was Charles Garfield that said first, it's going to make you miserable. And so come to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you figure out what the truth is. There's some real truth in our lives that we're not addressing, we're not focused on. And in that 48 hours, I promise you, give me 48 hours and I'll help you find the truth. Give me 48 hours and I'll help you be a better spouse. You know, if someone says they love you, but you don't believe they love you, are you loved? I mean, would you give your life for a lie? Let's be honest, most people wouldn't give it for the truth. That's why I love the, the saying, the poem, The Cookie Thief by Valerie Fox. Valerie Cox, she says, a woman was waiting at an airport one night, was several long hours before her flight. She hunted for a book in the airport shop. She bought a bag of cookies and found a place to drop. She was engrossed in her book, but happened to see that the man beside her, as bold as could be, grabbed a cookie or two from the bag between, which she ignored to avoid a scene. She munched cookies and watched the clock as the gutsy cookie thief diminished her stock. She was getting more irritated as the minutes ticked by, thinking, if I weren't so nice, I'd blacken his eye. With each cookie she took, he took one too. When only one was left, she wondered what he'd do. With a smile on his face and a nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke in half. He offered her half as he ate the other. She snatched it from him and thought, oh, brother, this guy has some nerve and he's also quite rude. Why, he didn't even show any gratitude. She had never known when she'd been so galled and sighed with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed to the gate, refusing to look back at that thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane and sank in her seat, then sought her book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her bag, she gasped with surprise why there was her bag of cookies in front of her eyes. If mine are here, she moaned with despair, then others were his, and he wanted to share. Too late to apologize, she realized with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate, the thief. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we think we're given we're actually taking. I'm sure all of us can relate to times in our lives when we felt absolutely certain our perceptions right, only to find the truth in a different light. Have you been the cookie thief more times than you'd like to admit? Ladies and gentlemen, truth will set you free, but first it's going to make you a little miserable. I want to help you find the truth. I want to help you be the George Bernard Shaw you could have been. I want to help you be the best possible version of yourself. Go to likeitmatters.net. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
2: St. John's versus St. Thomas. This year, they'll play their football game at a soccer field. Allianz Field to be exact, in St. Paul. Hi, I'm Mark Lewandowski. Join me along with Brian Backus and Mike and Charlie Carr for all the action of Johnny's Football. Our coverage will start at noon right here on Wellness Radio on Saturday with the Stearns Bank Free Game Show and the kickoff at 1 o'clock on the Quinn Limited Hughes Johnny's Football Radio Network. Johnny's Football is brought to you in part by Breitbach Construction, Freeport State Bank, Rhino Deck, Granite Logistics, Arnold. And Central Minnesota Credit Union. Barber dots the eye behind you, Buck And Barber toss sweeps to the right. He's got big running room. He is in. Touchdown, St. John's on third and goal from the four. Johnny's Football is also brought to you in part by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota, Deerwood Bank, St. Cloud Orthopedics, Novacare, Hernicks Pepsi, and Coburn. St. John's doing battle with St. Thomas. Coverage starts Saturday at noon with the Stearns Bank Free Game Show on your home for Johnny's Football, Wellness Radio.